Real Life, heard every single day on Bible School Radio, 91.3 KDKR, Decatur, Dallas-Fort Worth, and on 91.3 KYJC Commerce. Portions of KDKR programming do not necessarily reflect the views of this station, its management, or staff. Prudent Money with Bob Brooks is sponsored by the Prudent Money Foundation on 91.3. Well, what steps should you take to get your car ready for the winter? Today we're going to take a look. Stay tuned for the special Car Corner edition of Prudent Money. This is Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the Prudent Money Radio Show. Thanks so much for joining me today. You know I do appreciate it. Tony Joe's here with me as he is every Friday to take your car corner questions. The number to call is 1-877-913-5357. And I might add, this is the special car corner edition of Prudent Money. And uh, Tony Joe, how are you? I am in the Christmas spirit. What can I tell you? Uh, let me let me make an <clears throat> observation. Mm-hmm. In my, I've I've done radio with you now for twenty something years, I and you're all bundled up in a in a big coat. I don't think I've ever seen you well, walk into the studio and kept your your, your coat on. Eh, I'm a little chilly today. <laughs> little chilly. You know, I had to work all summer in this heat, and it was really hot summer. So your blood thins out, and then it doesn't quite come back to normal. Uh, I would suggest my body's still giving off heat from the summer. But, you know, I got a question for you. Yes. Right. Now, Christmas. Just a ponderance I've had. Oh what boy. about... Here he comes. Oh, yeah, go ahead. What about uh, how many of us actually do this? I mean, do you ever on Christmas look up and go, Happy birthday, Jesus. I mean, happy birthday, God. Happy birthday, do you ever wish him a happy birthday? <laughs> do you ever sing happy birthday to you? Do you ever? You, you know what? I, I bet I, we don't think of that, but. Yeah. You know, we're, you have a lot of time we're involved hands, with you? Christmas and presents and dinners. And, you know, it's time to start thinking about, you know, singing happy birthday. Somebody will say, what's wrong with you singing happy birthday on Christmas? Well, I'm singing it for <laughs> God. <laughs> okay, one eight seven seven nine one three five three five seven. Thousands of radios just switched <laughs> off at that point. Yes, one eight seven seven nine one three fifty three fifty seven is the number to call. And uh, Chris, if you could, could you switch to text from Skype? I don't have the the Skype is not working. Thank you. One eight seven seven nine one three five three five seven. You know, we talked about this uh, several times, but it's just really interesting to me. We follow the the Tesla story, I guess is what you would you would call it. Mm-hmm. And how many problems they're having simply because I think, and I know that you agree, they're calling things autopilot. Mm-hmm. Well, if you said the word autopilot to me, I would automatically think self-driving right. car. Because Leave it alone. The car's going to do it for you. Right, because all the movies you ever watch, the planes in particular, go on autopilot. And the pilot doesn't have to do anything. So, yeah, that, that's natural. 
So the uh, National Highway Traffic Safety Administration came down on Tesla about uh, the, this auto safety uh, feature of the car. And it says, Tesla's recalling, uh, recalling around 2 million of its vehicles in the U.S. to fix autopilot features that auto safety regulators found to be confusing to drivers <laughs> or too easy for them to misuse and abuse. I mean, you just can't make that up. And it's, it is, I, I, can, I can see where people would look at that and think, well, this is really supposed to do this, but it doesn't do that. You can't check out. So you can't really put it on autopilot and put your seat back and take a nap? Is no. Is that what you're saying? You can, let's see. What else to say here? It, uh, yeah, it, 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 uh, it says the real remedy, there, this is the uh, National Highway, says uh, would be for Tesla to make people perform part of the driving task. If people need to steer, for instance, they must pay attention. Right. Now, you see the problem with that is here's what happens, and this is normal human behavior, normal human uh, reaction. You're going along, and you've got it on autopilot, and the car does everything that it's supposed to do, and you're sitting there watching it for a minute, and it's doing all, it's slowing down, it's speeding up, it's keeping the distance behind the car in front of you. Just like we had a couple of years ago, Bob, we talked about this on the program. The overseeing human being that is testing the driverless vehicle, you get complacent after a while. You get, you get slow, and it's, you know you just don't have the reaction that you're going to have simply because you've been sitting behind this car for hours and it's done everything right, and the one minute that you need to take over and take control, you're going to be at a loss at that point. Your, your reaction time is not going to be good enough. You're not going to do the proper thing fast enough, and it just leads to more trouble. So I say, why even have autopilot, number one? Why have it if you've got to oversee it anyway? Number two, if you have it, I guess there's nothing wrong with using it, but you're just going to have to sit there just like you were if you were driving. Seems like a misnomer. You know, it's interesting. They, they say in this article, says, auto steer lulls Tesla owners into believing they have a self-driving car. Too often they will get distracted from the road, read emails, or even mm -hmm. fall asleep. That's what I mean. Get on I your mean, phone, I, fall asleep. Watching my car drive is, is, is nap time. You know, I mean, that's gonna make you, that is going to make you sleepy. Mm -hmm. That's what I mean. It's, it's, it's a terrible thing to suffer from if you ever had to just come out of an emergency situation and take over, uh, it just seems just really a bad idea to me all around. You know, what's also interesting, on the older cars, it says Tesla also hasn't committed to retrofit cameras into the company's old electronic electric vehicles, which don't have them, and hasn't committed to retrofit night vision into their cars' existing cameras. What this talks about is really how how kind of dangerous these 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 functions are on this car without these cameras, and it makes me wonder if if they do that to force to force people to buy the the, the newest and latest because 
I mean, if you're going to use that technology, it should be. They just do a, a software update over the, over the air, and it's done. Yeah, and that's the problem with uh, – another problem that I see with it is even if you had a self-driving vehicle that was, quote-unquote, self-driving, it actually could let you not pay attention, and you could trust it. Well, you know, Bob, this is something we talked about a couple of years ago, too, I remember. The software is written by human beings. It's entered as data into the downloaded into the computer of the car. What if they missed something? What if they missed one little scenario that they, nobody ever thought about, and then you end up in a crash? This is how they're going to write their software. They're going to learn from their mistakes, and you don't want to be one of their mistakes that they're going to learn from. Yeah, it, see, it's, I just uh, don't like the whole thing. You know, my kids tell me, oh, "Dad, you're old." You know, you don't, you're not keeping <laughs> up with technology. Well, until I see some remedy for that particular problem, oh well, you know what my kids are telling me now? Oh, AI is going to take care of it all. Yeah, AI is going to write all the software for really. So AI, uh, you know, say what you want about AI, but uh, it's been given a set of instructions too by somebody and so we'll see how that works out i just don't know yet i'm just really hard to convince you know well it's definitely once once that technology is really perfected oh once it's it's gonna it's gonna be incredible oh no listen once it's perfected i have no problem with it i I guess i guess the problem that that you have i have is that they act as if it is perfected right and what happens Car crashes. Yeah. So, well, this question came in, and uh, I told, uh, let Audrey know that we would, uh, I'd ask you this question. It says, how do you know when you should change your rotors or axle on your car? Is there sound that the vehicle will make? Uh, Okay. Rotors or axle. Okay, good. I can talk about that. She has a uh, 2010 Kia Soul. 2010 Kia Soul. Okay. So, uh, the thing is, um, when you're talking about a rotor, for instance, you get a certain sound or feeling that a bad rotor will make, and it will make this noise or feel this feel only when you apply the brakes. If you're not applying the brake, you're not going to hear any rotor problems. An axle, on the other hand will make a distinct clicking sound when making sharp turns at slow speeds. Two totally different things. Two totally different things. And if you're wondering whether you have an axle problem or a rotor problem, get in the parking lot, do some figure eights at a you know wide open space where it's safe, do some figure eights, going slow, see if you hear a clicking sound when you're turning. If you hear that, then you have an axle problem. Other than you applying the brakes at 30 or 40 miles an hour, you're not going to have a rotor problem if it makes noise in the parking lot. That's pretty, pretty cut and dry. Well, right? yeah, but somebody told her it could be an axle, could be a rotor, and I understand that. But mm-hmm. there's a way to tell between the two. This is Bob Brooks, and you are listening to this special Car Corner edition of Prudent Money. Number to call if you have a question for Tony Joe, one 913 5357 If you got a question for me, 
Uh, if it's about your car, you don't want to be asking me, first of all. But if you have a, a money question, financial Haven't search, you learned or, anything after 20 I have, years? I have learned a lot, actually. Okay, you should from, be able to do this yourself <laughs> by now. Uh, well, fortunately, we got you here for that. But uh, if you have a question for me, you can go to the website at prudentmoney.com. And uh, there's a section, an email section there. Just send in uh, your question, and I will get that taken care of. If you need, if, if it's a little bit more difficult to get answered, we have other ways to uh, get your question answered as well. That's all at the website, prudentmoney.com. This is Bob Brooks. Stick around. We'll be right back. The word for today is excited to announce the new official online home for the ministry of Pastor Chuck Smith, and K. Smith, PastorChuck.org. At PastorChuck.org, you'll have instant access to thousands of hours of verse-by-verse teaching by Pastor Chuck Smith from Genesis through Revelation and full access to special messages on subjects such as prophecy and much, much more. Also at PastorChuck.org, a full library of great teachings by K. Smith and a section where you can read some of Pastor Chuck's books online, all free of charge. So visit the new official online home of The Word for Today and the ministry of Pastor Chuck and Kay Smith. PastorChuck.org This week on Truth For Life, Alistair Begg wraps up a study in 2nd and 3rd John. Then we enter the Advent season by contemplating the heart of the Christmas story. Discover how the whole Bible and all of history points to Jesus. That's on Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Weekdays at 5.30 a.m. here on 91.3 KDKR. In 1 Corinthians, Paul reminds us to run the race of life to win the prize. Join me, Dr. Erwin Lutzer, for Running to Win. Be strengthened to finish your race with confidence. Weekday mornings at 8 o'clock here on KDKR. Welcome back. This is Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the special Car Corner edition of Prudent Money. one 913 5357 Well, Tony Joe, the, the weather is changing, and you, you know, it's a funny thing about Texas. You, you kind of go along with mild weather this time of year, then all of a sudden it just hits and out of nowhere and gets really, really cold. Yeah, I'm sure winter is going to arrive and we are not going to escape the wrath of Mother Nature. It's just late coming this year. But so let's talk. We're about, not going to evade it. Let's talk a little bit about some <clears throat> steps that you. We like to do this once a year and remind uh, listeners of the, some of the things that you want to remember. I, 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 as we were talking through this earlier, I thought to myself, uh, "There's a couple things on here that I think I would. I'd, I'd really, if I wasn't thinking, I'd probably make the mistake." Mm-hmm. What's interesting is uh, the very first thing that you said, you know, make sure that you got uh, you, the coolant situation in your car is, is, is right at where it should be, that you got plenty of coolant. And I, I, I'm not really sure that a lot of people know this, but the coolant is, a, uh, is something that, that you need in your car year-round. It, it serves two purposes mm-hmm. depending on the season. Talk a little bit about that. Okay. Well, first of all, it's confusing sometimes when people say coolant. What is that? Is that stuff that goes in my air conditioner? No, that's refrigerant. Coolant and antifreeze are the same thing, just different names for the same substance. In the northern states, you'll hear the term antifreeze more. 
the, the southern states where it's warmer, you'll hear the term coolant used more. Why is that? Because coolant does a double duty uh, as far as protecting the cooling system of the engine. Number one, it prevents freezing the engine and cracking the engine block when it gets when water would normal normally freeze at 32 degrees or below so it will not allow freezing and icing of the engine block and cracking the radiator the block something really expensive <clears throat> and that's why we use the term antifreeze antifreeze now on the other end of the spectrum in the summer in Texas, when it's 108 degrees and you're on Preston Road in bumper-to-bumper traffic, the term coolant is used because this same substance keeps, inhibits overheating of the engine. Now, let me just say, Bob, that this particular kind of material uh, called antifreeze or coolant is either pre-mixed at a 50-50 mixture with water, or you have to mix it. You want to get as close to a 50% water, 50% coolant, or antifreeze, if you will, mixture. It reacts with the water, and it has to have water to, to do its job. So it prevents the car from getting too hot in the summer, and the reason we have to worry about that now is because emission standards have made the manufacturers of engines make them run really, really a lot hotter than they used to. 210 is not abnormal, and of course, water boils at 212. So not only are we using pressurized cooling systems, but we're also using coolant in a 50-50 mixture of water to prevent that water from boiling. So it does... Two jobs, both ends of the spectrum, keeps the water, the coolant from freezing in the winter, and it keeps it from overheating or boiling over in the summer. Then we also talked, uh, you know, you, I'd, I'd asked you one time, because my, my uh, check coolant light had come on, and you had said that rarely that that is something that's saying there's a problem. Talk about how you know if you've got a problem versus you just need to top it off. Okay. First of all, coolant, or antifreeze, is not a consumable. You do not burn it, use it, or consume it in any way with the vehicle. Like, say, you would windshield washer fluid so or gasoline. So, if you think about it, it you got a low coolant light on. <clears throat> that's a sensor that's trying to tell you that you're getting a little bit low on coolant or antifreeze. So, you pop the hood and you top it off, and now the coolant light is out. Is that okay? Well, in some cases, it's not okay. But the main thing is you want to keep track of, are you happen to do this once a month? Are you happen to do it once a week? Are you doing it once a year maybe where it gets a little bit low due to various factors that we don't need to go into in great detail? It's boring. But uh, if you're doing it often, then you need to get it in and find out what's leaking because you don't consume antifreeze or coolant. If you have to keep adding it, then you have a leak somewhere. You may not see it where you park. You may not see any evidence of a leak, but it's got to be going somewhere. So that's kind of interesting. Where is it going? Because it can go internally into the engine and come out the tailpipe in the, in the form of vapor. So it's interesting to 
know that if you're using it and you think you're putting it in, you know, if you've got to top it off once a month or more often than that, then you've got to get it in and find out where it's going. Because one of these days, whatever small leak is there is going to hemorrhage into a big leak, and it could leave you on the side of the road in the middle of the night somewhere. Okay, let's talk a little bit about uh, the uh, tire monitor light. This haunts people. Mm. It gets cold outside. Haunts me. <laughs> it, it gets cold outside. And the last thing that you want to see is that tire monitor coming on, indicating you've got a problem with your tires or a potential problem with your tires. But talk about what's going on there and, and whether you should be taking it uh, you know, serious or, or what you should do. Okay. Let me just say quickly about the tire monitor. My real world experience is this. And by the way, this is my own personal opinion, but the tire monitor light on some cars is far more sensitive than on others. So you've got, let's just put a number out there to make it easy. 30 PSI or 30 pounds per square inch in each tire on your car. When it gets cold enough, I'm not talking about a mild night. I'm talking about a colder evening. The air inside the tire contracts like anything else. When it contracts, you lose pressure. If the temperature goes down, the pressure goes down. So the tire monitor might come on the next morning when you start your car saying you have a low tire. You get all worried about it. And you go and you have your tires checked, and they're two pounds low in each tire. Well, that's great, except three days later, when it gets back up to 75 degrees, you're going to have four pounds more in each tire because you really, instead of just leaving it alone and letting the air expand and contract inside the tire on its own, you're never going to have to adjust the tires. Now, let me say... If you go out and see your tire monitor light on, it's a good idea to just walk around your car first. See if you've got a flat tire or a low tire or a squishy. You'll know it if you see it. But if they all look okay, then don't worry so much about it. Because that tire monitor light on some vehicles, there's no rhyme or reason to it. Some vehicles, Bob, I can't just keep putting... 2 PSI in a tire for a customer and then taking it out three days later. It's right. just a ridiculous <laughs> thing is. to do. So the tire monitor light is good in a way. It's a great system when it works, but it has its flaws. And one of them is temperature change. This is Bob Brooks, and mm -hmm. you are listening to the special Car Corner edition of Prudent Money. Hey, if you ever miss a program with uh, Tony Joe on Friday or myself Monday through Thursday, you can check out the podcast where on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on. So that could be Apple, uh, any of the major uh, uh, platforms. So we do podcast every program, and you can take you can listen to it at your leisure. Let's talk a little bit about uh, you know the the your. Windshield, your windshield, excuse me, is iced over. Mm. And, oh yeah, and so you 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 want to you want to get this taken care of. And instinctively, mm -hmm. you think, what well, melts ice? Hot water. Mm -hmm. So talk a little bit about uh, the not so good judgment there that that could produce. Well, it's a it's an innocent mistake that you should be aware of that is a bad thing to 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 do because when you go out. And let's say before the next opportunity that we're on the program that it gets icy or snowy or cold or just drops below 32 and we have heavy dew. Well, 
you know, the frozen windshield, there's a couple of things you want to remember when you're addressing this. Number one, don't turn your wiper blades on because they can't move if they're embedded and frozen to the windshield. All you're doing is straining the electrical system on the wiper motor. It's trying to pull the wipers out of the ice, and it can't in most cases. So until you scrape the windshield ice off and free those blades up, all that time, it's been pulling on the wipers, pulling on the linkages, ripping the rubber uh, parts of the wiper blades, and that's going to result in you having to buy a new set of blades. So there's, that's one thing that you want to be careful of. second thing is don't ever pour hot water on a cold windshield, a frozen windshield. The temperature increase at that point is so incredibly fast, it could more than likely will crack the windshield. Those windshields, some of them today on higher-end cars, they have heaters, they have uh, rain sensors in them, they have all this fancy stuff built into them, antennas for the radio system, and, and you really don't want to crack a windshield because pretty pricey to have it replaced. So try not to pour hot water on it. Try to just use your judgment and turn the start the car, turn the defroster on so it goes up against the windshield. Let the car warm up. The inside of the windshield will slowly, gradually warm up, and you'll start to see the ice melting. At that point, you can go out and take a scraper and kind of clean the rest of it off. So, uh, Tony, Joe, you have any final words here? Uh, I know you, this is the last last show for before Christmas for you. Merry Christmas to all our listeners, and we'll see you uh, after New Year's. This is Bob Brooks. We are all out of time. Till we do meet again next time, keep the faith and have a great rest of the day. That's all the time we have for today questions or comments for Bob or to find out more great information like what you've just heard, visit www.prudentmoney.com. Be sure to join Bob Brooks again for the next edition of Prudent Money.